0: Houston, we have a podcast. Welcome to the official podcast of the NASA Johnson Space Center, episode 202, Uncommon Origins. I'm Gary Jordan, and I'll be your host today. On this podcast, we bring in the experts. Sometimes we bring in folks who will become the experts. On this episode, we're bringing in interns who took unusual paths to get to NASA. I should probably add some context on what the usual path is. Engineering is by far the most common. You got your science, your math, they come right out of uh, college and they start a couple rotations here at NASA. Now, when you think of NASA, you probably think, uh, this is probably who you think of. And you might think, well, that's not for me. I can't join NASA. I'm already past that time. But the agency is so much more. So joining us is Sean Savetzar, Laura Polino, And Don Kaluuya. They're coming from three different NASA centers to share their stories of taking non-traditional paths to getting to NASA. They'll show their experiences and discuss how to work at NASA if you're thinking about applying. If you're not thinking of applying, I hope you stick around anyway. This is the next generation we're hearing from, and it was really cool to talk to them. So here's a conversation with interns from Uncommon Origins that, through hard work, determination, and a splash of luck, ended up working at NASA. Enjoy.
1: Minus 5 seconds County mark. Launch we'll commit light
0: search for the right. There she goes. is Houston, we have a podcast. Sean, Laura, and Don, thank you so much for coming on Houston. We have a podcast today. I'm excited to talk to all three of you. This is a very diverse conversation we're going to have. We have folks from different backgrounds. We have folks from different centers. And I really want to dive right into it. I want to start with uh, hearing from each of you so everybody gets familiar with your voices. And we're going to learn a little bit about you, your background, and uh, and who you are as a person, and how you ended up at NASA. Sean uh, Savetar, Savetsar, we'll start with you.
2: Um, yeah, um, my name is Sean Spetzar. and I live in San Diego, California. Um, I attend the University of North Dakota as a distance learning student for mechanical engineering, and I'll be specializing in machine design. Um, so yeah, I started high school right out of high school. I, I was in automotive dealership industry till about 2011. Um, I dabbled in some massage therapy for about four years until uh, my body couldn't handle that anymore. <laughs> then I just jumped right into wanting to work for NASA, and then pursuing my degree slowly. Um, Starting at community college, got my associates. I um, know I'm pursuing about a year, year and a half of, that I have left.
0: Okay, so your non-traditional path is you—you you had, uh, a, I guess, a, a little bit of a career, and then you thought, you know what, I want to try my hand at engineering. Is that a fair assumption?
2: yeah yeah there was a funny conversation um, that I had with my wife's uh, or, or at that time it was my fiance best friend who who pulled me aside during a Christmas evening and uh, she said, How are you gonna provide for your wife? I mean you he know, you, you hit a a cap of pay when you're working in the automotive industry, especially as like a technician
1: mm.
2: and uh, and also that she noticed that I was not happy with the with the field. So that conversation just led, and, you know, I, I went back home um, a week later and, and signed up to Front Range Community College in Denver at the time where I was living. I said, I'm going to do it.
0: Well, it sounds like you still like working with your hands because you ended up in mechanical engineering. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I That's the core of my, of my existence, I guess, is, is building things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would call myself a maker, um, a tinkerer. Um, I'm always looking for things to make or build or modify or change or or just even tear apart to see how the things
3: work.
0: Well, very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you on today, Sean, uh, hearing your interesting perspective. Laura, let's hear a little bit from you.
3: Hi. Yeah. So I actually immigrated from uh, the Dominican Republic when I was 10 years old. Uh, so my family moved to Connecticut, where I graduated high school. Then I went on to pursue a public health degree, Um, at uh, Montclair State University in New Jersey so then after that I actually worked as a health educator for about five years and I just kind of reached a point in my career similarly to Sean where I felt like there was only so much room for me to grow um, not just like as far as pay but also um, I wanted to be a little bit more challenged and I have no idea. I can't remember the exact moment that I wanted to um, become like a software developer, but I remember uh, one day I was like really bored at my uh, previous job and um, none of my patients had shown up for their appointments. Mm-hmm. And type in, I typed in, I forgot, I think it was Codecademy. I just did my first like hello world in HTML and it changed my life um after that i could not stop so i decided to get a master's degree in computer science which i'm currently pursuing um and it was last semester i was doing a project for one of my courses and a team member mentioned that he had an internship with nasa and he was just like oh you should apply you never know um, and I did, and lo and behold, I got my internship at NASA at Ames Research Center, um, which I completed the first internship in the spring, and now I'm doing my, my second internship. So it's kind of a crazy story.
0: You know, it sounds crazy, but I, I find that this is so interesting that uh, your, your story, Laura, is about— uh not enjoying what you're doing and thinking, I want to find something that I'm going to enjoy. So what you do is you pursue something you're passionate about. The NASA thing, it sounds like, just came as an opportunity. You know, it just something something happened. It wasn't something that maybe you were thinking of initially. You were just passionate about software. Um, and then yeah. it ju- you just had this, this thing come up.
3: Yeah, and interestingly enough, too, I was actually really passionate about... Um, I had this epiphany when I was doing a little bit more research on computer science, and I realized that software engineering is female. Um, You know, Ada uh, uh, Lovelace created the first algorithm, and then I started in this whole thing where on my Instagram, I started highlighting women in STEM, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the women that I did profiles on were actually from NASA. Um, But I never in a million years thought that I would end up at NASA. I was just really fascinated by... The story, like the hidden stories, right, of women in STEM and especially women of color. Um, So it's also really ironic that on a social level, I had this interest in wanting to be one of those women, like looking up to those women and ending up at an organization where um, a lot of them made their marks.
0: Another another story I hear very often is you find these role models and uh, they just they provide that extra boost with something you're passionate about. Laura, maybe you were interested in software development, but maybe um, you know not only the actual technical so- developing of the software, but there were the, there was this people, this person aspect that was driving you. Um, you say, you know what? I want to be like these people.
3: I couldn't agree more, a hundred percent, because I didn't have. Um, any influence, like I'm the first person in my family to pursue a career in tech. Um, being an immigrant, I didn't see or touch a computer until I was, God, I was 11 years old, and that was in 2003. So I didn't grow up with this, like, connection to tech and computers, and um, that that wasn't my story, but I think you're absolutely right. It was mm-hmm. definitely the people connection that that I think got me here for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad to have you on, Laura. It seems like uh, we're getting a good understanding just between you and Sean about just what what is an uncommon origin? What is a non-traditional path to getting uh, to NASA? So, Don, round us out. Tell us about your experience.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm Don Kaluuya. I am a Philippine immigrant. I moved from the Philippines to Michigan when I was six years old. Uh, similar to everybody on this call, I um, I also... Had multiple career changes, so at first I joined the the military. I joined the Activity Air Force when I was 21 in 2011, and um, I was doing that. In fi- I was flying for the military when uh, in Germany, and we were moving patients. So I was a, I was medical um, for the military, and we were moving patients. And I had the decision to decide to get out of the military because I felt like I was stagnant at my career, and I wanted more. So I chose to get out of the military and I fell in love with airplanes when I was flying for the Air Force. So at um, I, in 2016, I got out of the Air Force and I decided to pursue a, an aviation degree out of Ohio State. And I was on track to get a commercial pilot's license. And then um, I don't know if you're familiar, but trying to fly is really expensive. So I ended up like diverting and pivoting my career change from that. So Instead of flying, I was able to land a job at at Boeing after I graduated my my undergrad. And I worked at Boeing for a year. And um, I also, I I still felt like I was still missing something in my career. So I ended up getting a, I ended up joining a mentorship program at Boeing. And one of the CFOs um, there, he was actually mentoring me for a little bit. And he he pursued me to, he he actually, um, he, he, challenged me to pursue a different career field that I thought that I would find, you know, more fulfilling. So I decided to try to get my master's degree in, in business. So I ended up signing up to get my, my MBA at Lindwood University. And that's where my, my genesis with, with NASA started. And um, I started my first Pathways position in August of 2020, so in the middle of the pandemic, where everything was distant, um, where, where everything was through the computer, so it was fairly difficult. But um, I'm definitely excited to, to be part of the NASA team and um, and 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 continue my career with them.
0: What I'm hearing from all three of you, from Sean, Laura, and Don, is that. Um, throughout, as you got a career, you started in one path and there was just some moment, maybe, maybe it was a series of moments, maybe it was over the course of years, you just realize, man, this is not where I want to be. Or it sounds like for all three of you, this is not really going where I want it to go. Um, so I wonder, Don, from your perspective, what was it that made you think that? Was it Uh, maybe a lack of a challenge? Maybe was it the people that you were surrounded with? Maybe maybe you just had your head up at the sky and you were thinking about more. What was that feeling that made you want to take such a drastic shift?
1: Sure. Um, So with me, I was the first person, or I was the first person within my siblings that graduated with a college degree. So I I sort of wanted to be an example for my younger sibling Mm. and try to, push them and you know have them pursue greatness to me personally but um the way i approach my personal life is i i try to challenge myself first and um if if i don't feel like i'm accomplishing something then i i have no problems with moving on um i know that typically the the old format of careers is uh somebody gets a job and they stay at their job for x amount of years until they retire but um, me I, I I have no problem with it because I, I personally think I'm a um I'm a I'm a nomad, so i I, I moved with no problems <laughs> whatsoever.
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, that's certainly something I think I hear a lot and and you're right is it's very common for um, for younger folks, for newer generations. Uh, they say, you know, millennials may change their jobs five, six, seven times during their career. And I think it's I think it's all doing what all three of you are trying to do is you f- you get to a point in your career where you think "Uh, this is not going where I want it to go. This is staying still. And I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. So let me change that. Let me fi- let me uh provide a solution by b- giving myself another opportunity. Um. Don, I'm going to continue with you for a second. I want to understand more about your role here. It seems like you had this crazy path with Air Force. You were you were actually flying. Then you worked for Boeing. You went back to school for business. When you got to NASA, what, what are some of the things you're doing here?
1: Sure. Um, so my first my first uh, Pathways position was in external relations, where I was doing student outreach for, um, for university collaborations. And then for my second, which is this semester, I'm actually working in Aries in um astro materials research exploration sciences so i get to work with moon rocks and i do all the budgeting and finance aspect for for that directorate
0: oh very interesting so you have uh, more of an educational sort of s- side of things and uh you're, you're really exploring all the different areas of your business uh degree whether it's uh, education and organization maybe project management now it seems like you're more on the finance side
1: yes exactly
0: uh, what's interesting, though, is that uh, the Ares program—that's astromaterials, right? So you're you're dealing with moon rocks and you're dealing with meteorites. What's it like? Uh, some of some of the ways that you're working the budget and uh, and getting familiarized with how the operations works, with uh, how NASA uh, holds on to and maybe ships all the different meteorites around the world.
1: Sure. Um, So the budgeting aspect of that is actually it's it's very invasive. Um, I've only been in the position for four days now because I started on Monday. Oh, wow. But but um, my mentor has definitely guided me and he's um, definitely a great teacher. So from what I've been doing right now with the budgeting aspect is uh, right now, I I think we just approved, you know, multiple contracts and they um, everything within. Aries is, is fairly time oriented, so hmm. not only is it um, is it invasive, but it's also a process that takes a long time to, to learn. And I'm I'm I believe I'm slowly getting there, but it's it's definitely definitely hard without taking notes. Yeah,
0: uh, Sean, I'm going to go over to you for a second. Um, you know, with your mechanical engineering background, some of the things you've learned from school, what are you bringing to the Marshall Space Flight Center?
2: Yeah, I, I currently. It's a little bit of a strange situation here. Um, I'm really passionate about OST, um, like STEM engagement, and I have been since I was with um, NCAS, so the NASA Community College Aerospace Scholars, um, back in 2018. So right now I'm working with the Human Exploration Rover Challenge um, mm-hmm. out of the OSTEM department here in Marshall. Uh, well, virtually, that is. And we're just doing product development. I first came on as SME in the spring, Um, I'm a psychomatic expert, and I was just working with the students for the first year of uh, reviews because beforehand it was just um, sign up to do a rover challenge and bring what you bring uh, in the following spring. So there wasn't much oversight throughout it. So they decided to change it up and we're doing reviews um, now. And so I was part of the judging system for that, asking the students questions, engaging them, uh, asking them about their designs. And then also the HERC staff was leaning on me for my. Just my overall background in an automotive industry and such, um, just to help develop the, the constraints and the rigor for the competition. Um, right now, I'm working on the handbook. Um, there's a whole new handbook that we're providing, which has different rules and regulations and expectations and formatting for their for their reports and such. Uh, it's it's been really rewarding to reach out to the students, especially because. The program reaches worldwide. Um, we have students from India, Colombia. Um, I think we have a team coming up from Spain next year. Hmm. Uh, we have one from Rio and Brazil. It's 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 great to see these students also on, on virtually.
0: So it seems like uh, all you guys have been having a remote experience for the most part. So how's that been, Sean, from uh, working with all these students? It sounds like you would have to work with a lot of them maybe remotely anyway, but what's it like um, doing all this organization and and kicking off these programs uh, in a remote position?
2: Um, I feel like my my focus might be directed more. Um, Oh, nice. I, I imagine I'm a... I'm a, a social person i like you know walking into the office when i have free time and talking to someone or uh, whatnot uh, so that sometimes can get in the way which but it there are there as there are aspects where like if you're sitting at a table or around table working on a project you can easily ask a question and that's not um always possible so you have to be really methodical about your notes and uh bringing up topics during tag ups and, and meetings and such um, it's really helped with my time management being virtual. Uh, as I'm also a full-time student during the spring, I'm also taking classes this summer. So it's, it's, it can be difficult and rewarding at the same time. Obviously, I don't have to get fully dressed every day if I, um, if I can <laughs> stay in my pajamas for a couple hours if I need to be. Um, it, but I do try to present myself professionally, though, during meetings and such like that.
0: Do you get to uh, have some face-to-face time with some of these students
2: um, during the review sessions? Yes, uh, that's when they're presenting their their project. Yeah, there's video face if, if the bandwidth allows. Um, sometimes the international students have issues with bandwidth depending on what area they're at.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, it's great to to interact with a student from let's say India or Rio de Janeiro or in Colombia. Um, it's It's really great to see the passion and drive that the international students have. And we also do the national students. And there's some grassroots teams, community teams that have started that they're not even with a specific organization. Um, They're just a community that brought in like a bunch of high school students. Um, Because we do deal with high school and um, community college and college and university teams.
0: Yeah, see, that's, I think, one of the best parts about working with students. I got to do it a couple of times when I was a student. I did a rotation over in the—it um, was education at the time, but now it's a, now it's OSTEM. Um, and I get to work with students on—the uh, program was High School Aerospace Scholars— and it was just so—one of the coolest parts was when, when I was working with the students to look at their faces. You know, they were happy. They were engaged. They were, they were nervous and intense when it came down to, like, uh, executing their projects and everything. And it was just this wild range of emotions. And you can—I think one of the best parts is you can literally see these students, um, you know, maybe a couple of them, maybe not all of them, but maybe a couple of them were so passionately engaged in what they were doing that they were about to dedicate a career to some sort of science, engineering, math, maybe even NASA. Um, and it's really cool because you get to be right there looking, looking at it and, and witnessing it firsthand.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we've had a, a few students, at least I had a few engagements with students. They're like, uh, after this program, and they, they was their first year, and they're like, I definitely want to pursue a career in engineering, especially with the high school students. Um, it's also great to see them you know, covering themselves in NASA swag and <laughs> see the NASA signs in the background. And um, it's, it's great to change a life early on. That's, that was one of my key goals to achieve throughout my um, education was to help inspire the generation below me as I, I am I'm almost 40 years old in August. So, I mean, technically, they're my future. So, I want to make sure I have a good
0: one. <laughs> there you go. That is perfect, um, Laura. I'm here. I'm curious to hear about your experience uh, at uh, Ames Research Center.
3: Yeah, it's been um, so far. It's been an incredible experience. I absolutely relate to Don and Sean um, with the virtual yeah. experience. Um, when it first started, it was a little bit difficult. Uh, I think to start so. My first internship last spring, um, I actually also interned for OSTEM and I just did research on diversity and inclusion. And now with this internship that I started this week, working under Dr. Parmal Kopardakar and um, it's actually a project to uh, use, uh, create an exchange platform to use drones in the event of emergency. Um, And I'm kind of, it's a little bit of a bummer because if they had been in person, I would have been building drones um, and testing them with the Navy. But since it's virtual, um, um, you know, it's obviously catered towards uh, something different uh, where it's just basically creating like a network, a chain of communication for the deployment of drones when needed. Uh, But outside of that, it's been it's been great so far. I feel that um, NASA is a really great place to just learn more about what everyone is doing. I have not had like a case where I asked someone like, hey, can I talk to you and ask a few questions about your role and what you do in your team? Um, everyone has been so open and and they kind of want you to like engage and kind of include yourself in things. So I kind of like to poke around and just say, Hey, what is this club about? When do you guys have a meeting or contacting people directly and saying, can I take an hour of your time just to kind of pick up, you know, pick your brain. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I'm finding, you know, aims to be such a, like an open and welcome welcoming space for that. Um so so far I I, I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think what's interesting about um all three of you is um you whenever you were pursuing something, and I think this is something students may struggle with now, is it kind of feels like whenever you're whatever it is, uh eighteen, seventeen, eighteen and you have to decide what do you want to go to college for, um, you know, you dedicate your four years to it, but what if at the end of that you dedicate four years, you dedicate whatever it is, an associate's degree, you get a job and you start entering into that field and you realize, oh man, I made a huge mistake. I'm not I'm not passionate about this at all. I wanna I wanna do something completely different. Laura, I think your story is is interesting because you start it in health. And then you moved on yeah. to something completely different, software development. So I want yeah. to start with with health first. What got you, you know, in the high school time, uh, area, what got you into saying, you know what, maybe health is something I want to try, something I want to pursue, something I want to start yeah. having a career in, and then the moment where you think, what I, I am passionate now about something else.
3: Yeah. So to your point, um, I actually, which I will touch up on a little bit more Um, after I answer that first question. But I don't actually believe in passion. Um, It's kind of a bizarre thing to say, but I found that passion was very damaging to me in my journey um, because one of the things that I always knew that I wanted to do in my life and through my career was contribute to the development of society in a positive way. Um, And at that time in high school, I related a lot to... Health being from an underdeveloped community where we didn't have a lot of resources, I felt that, you know, health is wealth. So for me, it was like, what is the most important thing to a human being? And I just thought health and I loved it. Um, I achieved some of my goals while being a health educator. Um, I did some like sexual health education for high schoolers in the city of Patterson, New Jersey, which was. An amazing experience. But I got to a point where I realized while I was working in the healthcare setting that there's a bigger system at play, that my health education, you know, one on one sessions with individuals, while I was making a direct, you know, impact and influence in my patients' lives, I wanted to be a part of something that was bigger, um, mm-hmm. making a, a bigger kind of like long term impact. Um, in society as a whole. And I've always been very future driven. And I really connected with technology because there's a lot of problems in the world that I think could be solved by technology. One of the things that I really am interested is autonomous vehicles. And I always think about how amazing it's going to be, you know, a couple years on the line when if you hear that someone was injured in a vehicular accident, it's going to be very like, what? Because like that, there's going to be a point in life like, you know, one of my dreams is that we get to a point in life where that doesn't happen. Um, and I just think about safety and health and security. And I think that's where tech comes in. So for me, that was my connection. To okay, you know I am making a direct impact on my patients, but how do I transition into being a part of a system or a field where we can make you know kind of change i wanted it to be a part of the umbrella mm. that was kind of you know trickling down change to communities and society as a whole, and i thought techno excuse me, I thought technology was um I thought technology was the perfect way to to do that. And so, you know, I mentioned about passion. I don't really, I realize I don't believe in passion because my whole life I thought I was passionate about health. Mm. And, you know, to your point, when you're 17, when you're 18 and you have all of this pressure to decide who at that moment, you feel like you're deciding who you're going to be when you're 40, who you're going to be when you're 50. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of pressure on a young person who isn't necessarily, you know, might not be exposed or aware of things in life that you become aware of later on. And so once I realized that interest is really enough for you to find things that you love to do and that you can feel love for multiple things and want to do um, a lot of different things. Once I realized that it really freed me from being tied down um, Mm -hmm. to a specific area of, you know, in terms of a career or just even hobbies. Um, I just realized, you know, you have this one life and it's your job to just pursue your interests. And sometimes that may lead to something that you absolutely love and can contribute 10 years to. And sometimes, you know, you try something and you're like, this this actually isn't for me. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's been my story. It started with health, but the general purpose really was making an impact and technology is really... Um, and also one of the reasons why I chose tech is because there's so many things you can do within it. Um, so I'm not limiting myself to I only want to do software development or I only want to do, I think, that freedom um, that falls under the umbrella of technology is also something that I'm very much interested in.
0: Yeah. But see, um, listening to your, your response, Laura, I would argue that you are passionate. Um, maybe maybe <laughs> it's just not um, what we traditionally think of as passionate about a field, right? So not, right. you know, you're, what you're saying is you're not passionate about health. Uh, maybe you're not even that passionate about... about um, software development. Where your passion is really coming from is from helping others and making a difference. And how you do that is, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what field you go into. You just have to have, it sounds like you're passionate about having that freedom and that flexibility and that, uh, that broad sweep of able to apply your skills to many different areas. So you can help, you can have the broadest reach to do that thing that you're very passionate about at your core, which is about helping people and changing the world.
3: Yeah, I could totally see that. I, I wouldn't be able to disagree with
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sh- Sean, I want to hear from you because I-, I like this conversation of, of of this this switch, and I think this is something that's so unique to all of you. Is is you have this one path, and then and then you just switch. I think what may be difficult to some people and maybe scary is whenever you go down and you spend so much time, energy, and money on a certain career field, and then you realize. Ah, crap! This isn't for me, right? And I want to do something else. So, what what would you say to those students that are maybe having those thoughts right now? That they are in a career and they're saying, "Oh no, I might I might have to switch because I'm no longer doing the things that I thought I would be wanting to do." Right? I thought I was passionate about health, but I'm actually passionate about helping people, and I think I can actually do that better somewhere else. Sean, what would you say to those people?
2: Um, I would say your happiness is priceless. uh, like I'm a true believer on do what, do what makes you happy. And if that means dumping everything, like I, I, I lost obviously a lot of money for, as an automotive technician, we we had to invest in our own tools. So
1: hmm.
2: there's thousands and thousands of dollars of tools sitting in my garage, <laughs> but and and also the price of school, but yeah, happiness is priceless. Um, so, and it, just seeking out that happiness in your life is is what matters most, because you don't wanna just be miserable your the rest of your life for a career um and it's okay you know failure grows confidence and and moves from there so
0: yeah, maybe that uh that return on that happiness, right, whenever you make the career, you're still you're still sort of building up your career right now. You're you're going for mechanical engineering, you work for NASA. But do you feel at this point that it's heading in the right direction and that you have options to explore, uh to to, you know, make yourself more fulfilled now that you've made this switch?
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely I I haven't always been really, really passionate about aerospace or space in, in general. I I grew up as a um, a young kid with the the shuttle poster up on the wall from my father had a bunch of NASA stuff. He had a friend that worked at JPL mm. um, that would send them stuff that would fall off airplanes and such. And so I've always wanted to be an engineer. I just didn't have the, the uh, necessary opportunities at the point. Um, but it's, it's, it's difficult to, to grab into failure, but, so I, I didn't even look at it as a failure. It was more of I'm just continuing on in my path and then um, just restarting where I'm going. I guess it, 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 it relates a lot to what I'm doing. But as far as being in school and the career opportunities and such like that, that's, I am working on a lot of projects. One with a, a Boeing, an ex-Boeing CEO that was really high up in Boeing. We're working on an electric airplane. Um, I'm also Uh, a co-founder and an engineer for a a golf putter company, which I don't even golf. (laughs) That's a whole other story on the other side. So, and we just kind of broke through the market on that. So we're really happy with that. And it's, it's, I'm always searching for new projects and opportunities. It's, it's, it's endless almost with, with this, DEM side or engineering side.
0: Yeah. I find that drive a lot. It seems like everyone's always looking for the next thing. Um, you know, I think that's really an, an important thing to have to, to kind of keep you going. What, what's What's interesting me now? You know, what am I passionate about now? And it might not be something that's super consistent all the time. I know for me, it's definitely not. Um, and and Don, for you, uh, you know, when you first got into, uh, you know, your, your high school times, um, you were thinking about Air Force and you joined the military and you started flying because you're passionate about airplanes and flying. So, tell, talk about that transition from from exploring your passion about aviation and and flying to taking a business approach.
1: Sure. Um, so, with me, the 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 aspect of aviation, like I I didn't have any passion in aviation at all prior to getting out of the mil- or prior to the military. Oh wow! And when and when I was. Sort of just given a, an opportunity to to fly with the military is my is kind of the the start of my love for for flying. So, um, the, the the switch from from aviation to to business, I, I wanted to converge both of those career fields together, which is why I wanted to be at NASA. Hmm. So, um, that that is actually like the the part of of why I I wanted to pursue NASA. Um, business is because not only do I not only can I be part of what I want to do with aviation and like see the, the, the next generation aspects of flight, but I can also converge my, my, my you know my degree and my MBA with with that.
0: See that's important and I think what's interesting is right now, it's not like you're doing business for aviation. Seems like you're taking that business degree and you're applying it to something completely different. Now you're in, now you're in the world of meteorites and moon rocks. Um, but you still get to apply these different things and maybe explore a different career path because you've made that switch. You're not, you know, some people want to be in aviation and and be flying their whole lives. Maybe that's something they they really really want to do. But it sounds like this pursuit of business. Helped you to merge those two things, like you're saying, but also expanded the possible opportunities where now you could be working on something you didn't even know would be interesting to you.
1: Exactly. Um, you definitely hit that nail on the head there because I think having options is is definitely a good part of um, any pivot with a career. So, uh, with me, similar to Laura, I was when when I was flying with the military, I was. I was a flight medic so i was in 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 medical and prior to that i was actually starting to or i was studying to be an architect and i just had so many uh aspects of how i saw my career going but just having the focus of what i wanted to to be part of is uh, a big aspect as to why i i ended up at nasa
0: Hmm. well let's, let's let's continue on that path for for all three of you don we'll start with you um I think the, the NASA aspect of things is is very interesting because, especially for all three of you, because now, Don, you, you're introducing architect into this mix, too. I, I don't even know. Uh, I, I'm getting all mixed up. You got Air Force. You got Boeing. You got business. You got architect. Man, you're all over the place. But uh, it sounds like there was something about in, uh, NASA that interests you. It sounds like from your description, it was the merging of some of those interests together. Um, but, you know, wh- what was it? What is it that NASA is bringing you now that's helping you to um, fulfill those those uh, those thoughts initially when you first got to NASA? Hey, maybe I can merge these couple of things.
1: Yeah, well, so when when I was growing up, NASA was always the sort of like the the end game for me uh, because NASA is sort of the creme de la creme of careers within um, within the aviation part because uh, you know there's the FAA and whatnot, but I've always wanted to be part of NASA because uh, they they have a goal that's above. It's similar to what Laura said. It, it's above um, something that is ab- above me. So, like that's mm. the reason why I joined the military in the first place because that's a mission above me. But I also see NASA within that same realm of the military, and I think that they have the 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 opportunity to to change humanity and all the experiments that they do in the ISS and and all the, the aspects of what they of NASA's overall goal is just so amazing that I just I there's there's so much to learn in NASA that you, you can't you can't literally like you can literally learn something new every day at work and I find that so amazing.
0: That's honestly what's keeping me going. Don is that uh, I I don't feel stuck at all. I am constantly learning. I'm constantly challenged. Constantly bringing on more work, new things. Um, and it seems that that way across the board. You mentioned you mentioned Laura and you, and Laura your your pursuit for doing something greater for for the benefit of of humanity. And I think you mentioned NASA before. You said the opportunity came from a recommendation of a, of a friend.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I just I never ever ever in my life would have thought that I would ever be affiliated with NASA. <laughs> Not because it. It just was. It just wasn't like a reality for me um, growing up, especially not having, um, you know, like the aerospace background or the engineering background. Like, like my friend mentioned it, you know, during while well, we were working on a project, and my approach to it was just like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I already don't think I will get it, so if I do, like, that'd be great. But I never <laughs> thought that it would happen. Um, so when it did i think i cried for like three hours because i was like wow. in shock when i um ended up getting that uh internship but you know as don mentioned i feel uh very similar to him very strongly about all of that i think one of the things that i i didn't even realize until now that i'm a part of it is just how much nasa does not just in terms of space exploration but just like here on Earth as well, there's so many things happening at NASA. And that's the coolest, I think, part about it and why I'm so curious. And I'm always like stalking everyone that I come across because I'm like, what do you do? How did you get here? Um, because everyone has these different projects. And it's just something, you know, as, as you both mentioned, I, I don't ever see myself being bored. If, if, that, if that word even exists within this, because... There's just so much going on. And, and when I think of, of the, the general mission really is to, you know, be the architects of the future. Um, and it just it's, it's really exciting to be a part of it because, you know, I have a strong interest in autonomous vehicles. And I find it really interesting that my project right now, I'm gonna, I'm working with drones. So, like, I, I want to build robots, and um, I'm, I am I'm ended up in a team that, you know, had it been in person, I would have been building drones. Mm. Um, but you better believe that I'm going to latch on <laughs> and just, like, <laughs> try to get a third internship and, and and keep exploring that because there's so many great things happening, and, and it's affecting all of our daily lives in such ways that we don't even think about. You don't think about um, – you know, even the project that I'm doing, which is very earth-focused and, and centered, uh, which is you know using drones for the event of emergencies, and you know like uh, for example, like during Katrina, like drones would have brought resources, or you know during missing persons, instead of risking more human lives, we could have used a robot to help us um, keep everyone safe. And those are those are some inter- interesting things that you don't really associate NASA with, but it is NASA behind the scenes doing a lot of the things that we, a lot of systems that are in place on uh, in, in, in Earth and in the world. So, yeah, I just, I can relate so much to um, what Don is saying. I, I feel like even if I were to say, you know what, I don't want to do autonomous vehicles anymore. I don't want to do software engineering. I absolutely know that I can um, find someone else that's doing another project for my next interest. And that I think that's the coolest part. I feel like a kid in a playground.
0: Yeah. And uh, kind of building off of that, it sounds like you're passionate about, you know, changing the world. And, and it seems like you have an interest in the autonomous vehicle aspect. So you were able to find that little niche at NASA. Do you think that if someone's interested in in something, uh, wh- whatever it may be, uh, you know, renewable energy or looking at the stars mm-hmm. or technology, do you think there is some sort of nook at NASA where f- people can explore that and dive into it and feel like they're contributing to something greater than themselves?
3: A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it and it's like it's it's great, and I think Sean and Donna are like a perfect example of this because. You know, you have education, you have business. There's so many different areas. Like it's not just, um, of course, you know, like science and aerospace and all of it's a huge part of it. But I think what shocks me and what's really intriguing is that there's so many different um, fields that come into play to collaborate together at NASA. So it's really mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like a micro world of just people who are share similar interests in just wanting to, you know, I I think I really can't express it any other way than being the architects of the future um, from all arenas. So, yeah, absolutely. I think anyone can find their niche at NASA.
0: So so Sean you you had a lot of interest about uh, with NASA um, earlier in your life and you said even your dad was an influence on that. Seems like a lot of mm-hmm. the things you were interested in was um human space flight was that initial interest maybe, right? So a little bit of the shuttle and, and then right. that kind of thing. Are you getting that same sense that um NASA is is much more and and um you you know, um like that there's a lot to explore when you come here to NASA?
2: Yeah, um I've I have yet to find a a career sector that doesn't exist um, at NASA. I've learned a lot of interesting things while I've been here. Like there is a specific psychologist that you can reach out to and they have weekly meetings that you can go to. Um, there's people that are just doing video, um, as you may well know, and uh, creating graphics. It's It is not just, NASA employees as well, the, the contractors that NASA hire on as well. Like I, I, and literally anyone can most likely get a position at NASA if they if they reached for it. Um, it. It could be business, it could be psychology, it could be human health services. I mean, they're working on with doctors on trying to figure out radiation levels, um, and they're setting a dummy up on um, Artemis One to figure out the radiation exposure, especially for um, females. Um, it's It's incredible the reach that asset and i think laura really hit it on the nose of like there is uh
0: something for everyone here basically Mm -hmm. um there's there's a lot of um i feel like there's more people doing what you three are doing than maybe people realize they're they're going through um some sort of uh, crisis maybe I, i i hate to use that word but but I think I, I'm trying to imagine myself in their shoes, and that's what I would think of is is i I spent a lot of time and energy in this in this one field um but but maybe it's time for me to shift and maybe it's time for me to put my full energy into. Into something else. Um, are you finding that that is uh, based on your experience at NASA, based on your experience with making that transition and doing it and doing all of these, um, going through all this, these changes, that it's it, it's ended up worthing worth it, and that you would encourage students who are doing the same thing to to keep pursuing those efforts?
2: Yeah, um, I, I've been fortunate with myself that I have a very supportive life. Um, hmm. But I wouldn't have changed anything as far as the path. I mean, it's, I've been in school for for quite a while now as well. Cause just plugging along. I'm not having been always been able to do full time work. Um, I wouldn't. It, like I said earlier, happiness drives uh, almost every decision that I make. Um, if, if it's not going to make me happy, or if I don't specifically want to do it, unless I have to do it, then then I then I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. You reach a point, um, I think I think I reached a point in my early 30s that I didn't want to ever do anything that was going to make me miserable, um, whether it be living in a certain area or... Um, and obviously, that could be a privileged statement. Because some people don't have that choice. Sure. Um, but reaching out to resources that don't necessarily you're aware of, and I think that's where we're circling back to what NASA has available and like all the different sectors that work for NASA and all the different careers that are available, uh, a lot of people don't even realize um, there's bio. I mean, it's. I wouldn't change anything for the world, basically. Mm-hmm. It's been completely 100% worth it. Um, e- even though I haven't had a, a NASA internship specifically for mechanical engineering, like working on robots or space hardware and stuff like that, um, I, I've learned so much more just on this the ostens i especially with product management and stuff like that but you kind of have to be a one-trick pony um at at some points with with nasa as well because it's a culture you have to learn that culture as well Mm,
0: yeah do you feel though um as as you as you um work at nasa day to day and, and you find out more about the the different opportunities and and even just on your path as, as an intern to, to keep going and, and um, you know, maybe pursue a full-time if that's something that interests you, do you feel like there's things that are coming up in the future for you that you're excited about, new opportunities you're you're looking forward to exploring?
2: Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> trying to, to wiggle myself into um, uh, staying on longer with Herc and the Olsen Department at Marshall. Mm. Um, I, I say if there's not a position there for you then then create one or try to create one um which they're open to that happened to another intern um here at marshall he was working with the uh an Austin group working on a website for k-12 through activities um and they basically made a position for him um but after that uh, i i really hope to work with nasa on space flight or space hardware in the, in the near future um I've applied to Pathways and, and such like that, or I plan on applying to the Pathways. There's none open at the moment, mm-hmm. but I am applying for fall internships as well.
0: Nice. Uh, uh, Don, what about you? Are, are you? Do you have some things coming up that you're excited about?
1: Yeah, so for me, um, I'm still part of the reserve, so I, I actually just got selected to fly um, MQ, MQ-9 Reapers for the Air Force, hmm. their, their drones. And um, additionally, I, I, I applied for the Human Exploration Research Analog, the HERA mission, and um, I think I'm in selection for that. So we'll see how that goes. The first one is going to be in August.
0: Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, you get to be in a habitat for I don't know what they're doing now nowadays. 40 days or something like that. So, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah 45. 45 days. 45 days. Wow. Yeah, that'll be uh yeah. Good luck. <laughs> That's uh Yeah. Yeah, takes it takes, cool. it takes a, a specific person to do that. So, yeah, that'll be interesting opportunities. It seems like there's a lot to explore. Uh Laura, what about you? Things you're excited about? Uh
3: yeah, I'm really um, excited to see how this internship goes, um, yeah. and hopefully, I can continue on. and, and I'm really eager to. Um, if you know, I hope that there's a possibility to be hands on because I want to, you know, touch and like build robots. So that would be incredible. Um, but yeah, this 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 internship that just started, I'm really looking forward to uh, learning and meeting more people um this summer and seeing how how that goes i graduate uh my de- with my degree in december so i have a little bit of time i'm trying not to um <laughs> think too much about micromanaging like every month and uh, step of the way but i'm right. definitely tr- like you know trying to create as many relationships as possible, learn about as many projects as possible, because I think at this space where I am in, I'm just kind of like a a sponge. I feel like my job right now is to learn as much as possible. So that's (laughs) what I'm really excited about.
0: Well, very good. It seems like all three of you have a lot of uh, a lot of things coming up, and and this was I mean just as a whole, I really enjoyed today's conversation with each of you and and learning more about uh, just how you got to NASA. What what I think is very interesting is that all three of you have wild backgrounds, uh, just moving all over the place, but somehow you all ended up at NASA, and uh, and here you are making a difference. And so it's it's been really a pleasure for me to get to talk to each each one of you today. So to Sean, Laura, and Don, thank you all for coming on. Houston, we have a podcast it's been a pleasure thank, thank you thank you very much not welcome to space Hey, thanks for sticking around. I really enjoyed today's conversation with Sean, Laura, and Don. They all had very, very interesting backgrounds. I certainly learned something today, and I hope you did as well. If you're interested in becoming a NASA intern, just like these three did, there are a couple places where you can go to. Try intern.nasa.gov or pathways.jsc.nasa.gov. Don't worry if you didn't memorize that. Just go to our episode webpage. We'll have the links for you right there. If you like our podcast, we are one of many at the NASA uh, Space Agency. We have a couple across centers all over the United States. Go to nasa.gov podcast to check out all of them. We, Houston, We Have a Podcast, uh, share our story on the Johnson Space Center pages of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sometimes we get questions and stories, and if you have any of those, uh, use the hashtag AskNASA. Maybe submit an idea for the show. Just make sure to mention it's for us at Houston. We Have a Podcast. This episode was recorded on May 27th, 2021. Thanks to Alex Perryman, Pat Ryan, Nora Moran, Belinda Polito, Jennifer Hernandez, Abel Morelos, and Veronica Sile And thanks, of course, uh, to the interns for taking the time to come on the show. Give us a rating and feedback on whatever platform you're listening to us on, and tell us what you think of our podcast. We'll be back next week.